Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. As I'm sure you're well aware, today is September 3rd. Let's bring up the live shot, Zach. September 3rd. Why do I bring that up? Because that means that we are just essentially 60 days away from Election Day, November 3rd. Right now, President Trump speaking live in Pennsylvania. We're going to take you out to President Trump to let you know what he has to say and then probably come back to me and uh, update you on some TikTok that's happening in the great state of Minnesota. Here's President Trump live in Pennsylvania. Television today. I think you're great. I think you're great. Thank you. Now he called me a great Christian and a great Christian leader. Thank you. Thank you. But he did say I wasn't perfect. But that's okay. I said thank you anyway, right? No, that was really great. That was really great. But if you look at it, the things they've done, we're going to go through a couple of different polls as we go along, because I love the people saying do this or do that. But one of the things I got you out of is this thing sounds so good, but it's so bad. It's a ripoff of our country, the so-called Paris Climate Accord. It's a disaster, a death sentence. It's a death sentence for your energy jobs. I took it out. I withdrew from that calamity. Biden pledged to reinstate it. It's going to cost you billions and billions of dollars. You know what it really is? It's a way of really taking advantage of the United States. That's what it is. Last year, I visited the Shell petrochemical plant in Beaver County. Anybody ever hear of Beaver County? The largest investment in your state's history all made possible by our pro-energy policies. Biden would wipe out that entire industry, killing the jobs of more than 600,000 Pennsylvania workers. It's probably 940,000, they say. Think of that. Also, prices and everything else. Now, Biden today came out and said, no, no, fracking's okay. It's okay. Did you just see that? Fracking's okay. Because he was getting killed. And now we came out in favor of law enforcement. Look at all these handsome cops here. And a beautiful cop. No, but how can anybody believe it? He's totally against, at his speech and at the DNC, where we got much higher numbers than they did, but you know, they put out that they did. They'll say anything. We got much higher by millions and millions of people. We had a great, did we have a great convention? Here's my guy. Good job you did. But we had a great convention, and it's been uh, really terrific. You know, we, I made a speech at Mount Rushmore, and since that speech, our numbers have been up, up, up like a rocket, like a beautiful rocket, the Mount Rushmore speech. I said, you know, we're getting hit by this pandemic very unfairly in the sense that we've done such a good job with the ventilators, all of the things. You know, you've heard it a thousand times. And we have to get back. And I made a speech in really a great place, South Dakota, but it was Mount Rushmore. You know they want to blow it up. You know they want to take off Mount Rushmore. If you would see how beautiful, if you would see how beautiful this is, it was like this perfect evening. The sun was setting. The faces of these great, great, majestic heroes of our country, right? Heroes of our country. And they want to blow up Mount Rushmore. 
But how about this one? The Democrats yesterday came out with a plan. Did you see it? Now, they're the D.C. Democrats. They want to change the name of the Washington Monument, perhaps take it down. Thomas Jefferson. Pretty good, Thomas Jefferson, right? You could forget about ever hearing that name again. Abraham Lincoln, you could forget about it. They want to take down all statues, all monuments in Washington. We have some of your greatest people right here. Let me not even talk to the congressman. The heck with the congressman, the boilermakers. How do you like? How do you like the idea of taking down our statues to our great George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Jackson, all of them? I don't think the boilermakers. You'll ring. A, you'll do a ring around Washington, right? Along with. Christopher Columbus, he's in big trouble, I'll tell you. Except there was one. There was a group of great Italians in New York. They tried to take down. They tried to take down Christopher Columbus statue in New York. You saw what happened, right? These Italians formed a little circle. They say, come on. The agitators decided to leave. Let's get out of here, darling. They protected Christopher Columbus. The Italians, no, the Italians aren't big on taking down Christopher Columbus. You take down those statues, you can forget about the Italian vote. Do we agree? But they protected it. When asked in a debate if there would be any place for fossil fuels, including coal, and fracking, and natural gas, and so many things that really fire up these big plants where many of you work, and they produced, you know, just millions and millions of jobs throughout our country. Biden said, no, we would absolutely not allow anything like that. We would make sure it's totally eliminated. That's what he said. He said, we would make sure it's totally eliminated or eliminated. Now he's coming and saying, this isn't working too well. This isn't working. You know, I made a speech a week ago in Texas. We had crowds that were unbelievable. On the highways, it, you can't get in. But the highways, it's like incredible. You could sell your ticket tonight for a lot of money. Go to eBay. <laughs> Even as a used ticket, you could probably sell. But you go down the highways and you see it. And I was thinking in Texas, I'm making a speech in front of obviously people that like oil. They like God. And you know what else they like? They like their Second Amendment, right? So, so think about it. So whether it's Pennsylvania or Texas or Oklahoma or North Dakota or any, any place, you take a look at this, right? And no oil, no guns, no gun. I don't think George Washington running with Abraham Lincoln as his VP, he'll pick Abraham Lincoln as VP, is going to win in Texas or in Pennsylvania or any place else with those three things eliminated. That's what they want to do. They want to take away your Second Amendment. If I weren't president, you would either have an obliterated Second Amendment or it would be gone entirely. I am standing between them and your Second Amendment, and that's it. That's it. They know. He put Beto in charge of guns. Beto's in charge. He wants to We'll take you back out to President Trump as we go throughout the show, but I just wanted to, to, to chop it right there for a moment because you talk about no God, no guns, no oil, and he's exactly right. That's why you see he just mentioned Joe Biden saying, we're not going to ban fracking. No, we're not going to do any of that. 
I also want to comment on what he mentioned there about Christopher Columbus. Uh, we were supposed to have Minnesota Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka join us tonight. And I was going to ask him, but hey, has anybody been charged yet for tearing down public property in St. Paul, that Christopher Columbus statue? Because I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything about that? Nobody has. And that's what's happened in Minnesota. I really want to get into that tonight. As of late, there's been some tick knock going on in Minnesota between Governor Tim Walls and Minnesota Senate Majority Leader Tim Gazelka. We're going to get into some of that here in just a moment. Senator Gazelka sent him a letter saying, hey, these emergency powers now, you're usurping way too much power in Minnesota, Governor Walls. You need to sort of take a step back and get the legislature involved. So we'll talk about the, the, the back and forth between these two. But more importantly than that, Think about what's happened in Minnesota. You can see the businesses right now that are absolutely just shuddering. I mean, shuddering in Minnesota because of all these executive orders that have taken place because of Governor Tim Wall saying, hey, don't go to restaurants. Restaurants can only operate at this level. You got to have the mask mandate. Take a moment right now in Minnesota. Even you people that are up in, you know, in Halleck, right? In Roseau, and there's hardly anything going on there with COVID, but the shutdown that's taken place to impact businesses, your ability to go see your elders, to go and to see people that are that maybe not be doing well uh, health-wise. Uh, schools now obviously opening up very, very soon. And there's been a mask mandate as well. So with all those things put in place, I think most of us would presume, hey, look, if you've got me on lockdown, Minnesota must just be crushing it when it comes to COVID numbers, right? Like we must just be doing so well that there's absolutely nothing to worry about at this point. And yet, apparently, that may not be so. I bring this up because, as we know, we had Dr. Deborah Burks from the White House COVID uh, Task Force in Fargo just this past Saturday. I had a chance to visit with her. One of the things that was one of the mainstays in their conversation was mass, 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 mass. You got to wear the mask. You got to wear the mask, right? Well, they had a mask mandate in Minnesota. And yet, here's what Governor Wall said today because Deborah Burks went to St. Paul, I think it was the day after she was here uh, in Fargo. And here's some of what Governor Wall said today at his update or his COVID-19 press conference to update the people of Minnesota. And it last week you asked the question on this. Dr. Burks, the White House director on COVID working with the vice president, came here and made it very clear that we're in trouble. Well, there have been several high profile visits from the White House in the last several weeks that no mention of COVID was made. How can you be in trouble? You've had the state on lockdown. You put in a mask mandate. So what is Deborah Burks talking about? The fact that Minnesota is in trouble. You can go analyze the numbers. My point is to you. So if he's been putting all these EOs in place, he's been putting the lockdown place, he's been putting the mask mandate in place. Is it not working? Are they not doing an effective job with COVID in Minnesota? Like what is missing here that you've done all these things to destroy businesses, destroy people's lives, to have this kind of impact on locking people down. We told you last week in the New York Times, there's a new study out that shows that 90% of the people, let me repeat that number for you, 90% of the people that test positive for COVID don't even have enough viral load to go be contagious with another person. And yet you've got Governor Wallace sitting up there saying, hey, we are in trouble in the state of Minnesota per Deborah Burks. It's an election year. Is that part of the conversation? I don't know. Let's get into some of this TikTok though between Governor Walls and Minnesota Senate Majority Paul Gazelka. They've been uh, trading blows, if you will, a little bit here and there. So they actually met today. I want to share with you what Governor Walls said about their meeting and his press conference earlier today. So uh, Senator Gazelka and I sat down to have a meeting. And, and just to be clear, it was really meant to kind of um, to clear the air. It's not that unusual 
60 days out from an election that things get a little heated. Um, but I think it's really incumbent, and I, have, I very much value the relationship with Senator Gazelka. So they're trying to make it sound like everything is A-OK, but I want to bring up to you a very important question that Senator Paul Gazelka is asking of Governor Tim Walz and his administration. So in his first letter, he said this, and then there was another letter sent today from Senator Gazelka to Governor Walz. And here's the question. I want you all to think about this, Ron, because I think it's a, a great question and one that it's very difficult to get a clear answer on. And by now, in my opinion, there should be a clear answer. And I bring this up because I asked something similar to Deborah Burks, which I'll share that with you in a moment. But here's what, what uh, Senator Gazelka is asking of the administration. What criteria? So what's the data? What's the criteria? Since we all talk about, hey, let's look at facts, not fear. Let's use data. What's the criteria that's going to be used in determining when the COVID-19 peacetime emergency declaration is going to be rescinded? Keep in mind, it's been 175, 170 plus days now of Governor Wall is using executive powers to keep the state on lockdown. So basically, Gazelka is asking, okay, if you're going to do this, if you're going to utilize all this power, then at least tell us what is the criteria to rescind some of these powers so the people of Minnesota can have some clarity, some, some sense of certainty in their lives. I think that is very, very important for people to have. And I bring this up because when Deborah Burks was in town, and I'm going to play my question for you as well, but just to sort of lay it out, I said to her, because there's such a big conversation around masks right now, like, okay, you're asking us to put these masks on. I don't know if you could say they're, they're getting the job done in Minnesota. It was recently that Governor Doug Burgum said we need the mask up situation here in North Dakota. And yet, according to Governor Burgum's press conference earlier today, there's now a lot of counties in North Dakota that are actually going in the wrong direction. There was an article yesterday that shows the state of North Dakota is going in the wrong direction. So do masks work? Yeah, yeah, you can give me anecdotes. You can tell me about salons in Missouri like Deborah Burks did last week. You can do those things, but then I'll point to Minnesota. I'm going to point to Los Angeles and say, well, they had the mask mandate and it didn't work so well. So listen closely to my question for uh, Dr. Deborah Burks. And I think the most important thing is data, 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 right? And yet listen to her response to what I asked her on Saturday. So one of the great questions is what's the metric you're going to use? Because you talk about being very data driven to, to, for the CDC to say, OK, we no longer have to wear a mask. What would that metric be? You know, that is that's a big debate right now <laughs> because it's it's a really debate about when don't you need any mitigation? Okay. Um, so I think most people would agree that they would want to have all retail open, all K through 12 schools back <clears throat> and all universities fully functioning. And as we do those things, I would imagine we would keep the mass mandate in through each of those and show that we can keep cases down. And then after you have cases down and all of those things moving forward, then you can start withdrawing mitigation efforts to see the impact. But you certainly don't want to take them off when you don't have everything open and fully functioning in a state. So I hope you understand what I'm trying to get at there, right? We, we've talked about this is a war on a virus. One of the most important things, if you're going to go in and declare war on someone or something, you got to know what's your metric to get out, right? When do we declare victory? And so all I'm asking is a simple question. We're told that you and I are supposed to be very data-driven, look at the data, look at the numbers. Okay, so if I'm asking you, Dr. Deborah Burks, a member of the Coronavirus Task Force, what's the criteria, what's the data point where you can tell us, the American people, that we no longer need to wear a mask? Personally, I didn't get a lot of clarity from that answer. 
I'm wondering if you did. If you did, please share your point of view with us. But I think it's critically important that you and I get some clarity on something that has clearly become such a hot topic across our great nation. Now let's go back to, to President Trump here live in Pennsylvania. A couple of hours later, I guess, whatever it is, short time later, I get into the car. The press sees me get into the car. On my way home, I get a call from my wife, the first lady, who's very popular. Do we like our first lady? She's very popular. She's a great person, a great woman. She said, darling, are you okay? I go, why do you ask? She said, they're reporting that you had a heart attack. Now, you have to understand, I'm driving in a car, which is about, what, six cars in front of the press, because they have a big car. There are a lot of them, and we try and give them as little room as possible, make it uncomfortable. <laughs> but they're right behind me, so they know I got in. And CNN reported that I had a heart attack. All right, you just heard uh, President Trump there talk about the first lady. I want to cut it there, because when we come back, we're going to share a clip of you. Our first lady from the great state of North Dakota was in D.C. today with the United States First Lady talking about it's recovery month. We're going to share some of that with you when you come back. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.